You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. really cute when Pastor Jenny um, introduced her husband as Jesus. And I was like, hmm, well, God has a sense of humor because I waited 38 years to marry Judas. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just come to Hero, the rock musical in about three weeks. My husband will be playing Judas. You're a good Judas, babe. You're a good Judas. But I think the enemy tried to come like a flood in 2020. Can we agree that 2020 was kind of the year where everything hit the fan? I mean, if you're going to have a year not to have it all together like me, 2020 was a good year for that. I mean, I thought it was maybe like a one to two on the crazy scale. But I had some real moments in 2020 where I think I grossly underestimated that. (laughs) I had these moments where everything was triggering me, where everything got on my nerves, where simple things would overwhelm me, where I was manifesting on my new husband. (laughs) Yeah, I was overly sensitive about everything. But then I started having problems with overwhelming anxiety that I'd never experienced before. Like this one day I just snapped out of myself like I was just going and going and going in my mind. I was like, wow, how long has that been there? And I felt God say, well, how far back do you want to go? I was trying to control everything in here. And What didn't seem like a depression actually was. And all of a sudden, I just found that I was no longer myself. And I didn't really want to be around myself. And I found myself trying to escape my really, really awesome life. And I think small things had become big because big things had become small. See, even prior to 2020, There have been season after season of some pretty extreme circumstances, some that were very traumatic, some that were unjust. And I know there's probably a lot of new people who've never really heard my story, but I've been on this journey for most of my life with a mother who has pretty significant mental health issues. And there's been a really high level of abuse for many, many, many years, and It got so severe that a couple years ago, I had to actually put some very strong boundaries, like permanent boundaries to protect myself. And these are boundaries I didn't even want to place because I actually wanted it to work out. And my mom's response to those boundaries was to shoot herself, which she actually survived miraculously. Thank God for a praying church. I was able to pray for our pastors and I'm so glad, I'm so grateful that she survived. But the way that it was done was so cruel. And um, 
It caused a lot of really severe hardship on my family. It put a really big toll on my family. My dad ended up just having this nervous breakdown and he slowly just checked out of my life and they were in no way a part of my wedding and it was their choice. And I never even shed a tear. I think I was just so used to dealing with the dysfunction. It was just another thing. Not to mention, like Pastor John had said, in between those things, there was like major transition after major transition. I have this 17-year stable career. Then God calls me out to do something really difficult that I'd never done before on a third of the income. And I felt like I was getting my bearings on one circumstance and one transition before the next one was happening. And because it's my nature to be an overcomer. And I was just really grateful for the new family that God had given me. I actually minimized a lot of these things. And so I would just move forward, but there was always this residual grief and pain. And no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't fully recover. And I was trying to correct it all spiritually. Like if I just read my Bible more, if I just prayed with more intensity, if I just fasted three days a week, then somehow I was gonna get a breakthrough, but it wasn't working anymore. And then towards the fall of last year, the Holy Spirit interrupted my world. And he said, Dana, I need you to take some time off of tending other people's wounds. I need you to sit with me so that I can tend to your wounds. And you know what? I had to surrender all that because that's actually not really natural for me. It's really uncomfortable to take breaks. In fact, it's very boring, I can be quite honest. I actually had a great deal of momentum at this time. Like I was enjoying all these opportunities that God was giving me because nothing makes me feel more alive than ministering to people and preaching the gospel. But I knew that God was placing a much higher value on the condition of my soul. And I wanted him to take care of it so that I could actually minister and preach from a greater level of authenticity and integrity. And I was able to be so vulnerable with our pastors and leaders. They, they completely understood that. And they were actually really proud of me for doing that. So during that time, what God showed me was I was trying to correct something spiritually but I was never gonna correct it spiritually until God could heal me emotionally. I was in emotional bondage. And when you're in emotional bondage, it's like God calling you to be a 2.0, but you still keep replaying the same version 1.0 because you can't seem to get rid of your internal glitch. So I took a season to let God fully heal me from those wounds of the past because what God had called me to requires a greater depth of relationship with myself, with Him, and with others. And I knew that if God was calling me to come up higher, if I didn't build emotional equity, I would end up with relational poverty. And I didn't want that. See, what the enemy would really love is for us to invite those same old enemies close and keep our relationships at a distance or on the surface so we'll fall into isolation and we'll stay stuck. And as I sat with God in this healing process, he began to show me some things. He showed me that the enemy's number one tactic is to unseat the soul. If he can unseat your soul, 
he can steal your joy. If he can steal your joy, he can steal your strength. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Do you know what that word strength means in the Hebrew? It means my place of power and prosperity. So the joy of the Lord is my place of power and prosperity. But Joshua 1.8 also says that we have to make our own way prosper. So it's actually our responsibility to lay hold of that power. And I knew when God was healing me emotionally because I stopped focusing so much on what was wrong with me. And I began to focus on what was right with him. And I began to live the next level of my life from that place. So we're in times where the political climate has been pretty intense. If you haven't noticed. (laughs) And we keep hearing these conversations about saving the soul of America. But what God showed me was that he can't save the soul of America until he saves the soul of the church, until he takes care of our soul. So he showed me that what he was doing for me as an individual, he wanted to do for the church because it's really important for us to heal because we can't go to the next level or the version 2.0 attached to the same old soul wounds and emotional bondage or whatever that is for you. See, we can't fight grown-up battles with teenage tactics. We can't use old strategies and new seasons or to raise new standards. It doesn't work that way. And then he gives me a word for 2021. And that word was power. See, when God restores our joy, he then connects us to our power potential. But what I also heard God say was that it's time for my bride to walk in her divine, true identity and authority. In unprecedented times, the world doesn't need to see our fumes, friends. The world needs to see our flame. See, the enemy tried to come like a flood in 2020 to weigh us down because he's terrified of us tapping into our power potential. But I'm telling you tonight, that is changing. The world uses its power to oppress people, but the bride of Christ uses resurrection power to heal people and set them free. So the title of my message tonight is a declaration that power is changing hands. So God gives me this word power, and then he leads me to the book of Acts. This is kind of like where I was transitioning from being healed to now being filled back up. But if I could look at it in hindsight, I realized what God was transitioning me from was what had been to what could be. And we could look at the church today like this through the book of Acts. See, Acts was not a book of men looking for a prescription. It was a book where men subscribed and began to act. That's why it's called Acts. So this time I did a little historical review. Did you know 
that in the year 33 to 70 AD, the pattern of spreading the gospel was so rapid and reproducible that without even the use of social media, no Snapchat, no Instagram story, or without advanced technology, it actually served as one of the greatest moves of the gospel in the shortest span of time. And they were actually under the greatest oppression from the government. By the third century, it was actually more politically advantageous to be a Christ follower. Why? Power is why. See, when ordinary people like us get in an upper room and they hear an extraordinary sound, they got filled with supernatural power. Even their haters tried to say, these people must be full of new wine. Yes, they were full of new wine. They were full of resurrection power. These people didn't even know that they were prophesying. And I believe that God is transitioning his church to do the same. When we are awakened to magnify, not modify or minimize the power of God, we too will see the greatest harvest of souls, the greatest miracles, signs, and wonders in the shortest amount of time. And I found myself relating to these disciples, remembering how they were in the gospels. They were so jacked up under Jesus's ministry. They were liars, they were cheaters, they were traitors. They didn't have it all together. They were not, they were 1.0, okay? (laughs) But Jesus chose them and he trained them anyways because Jesus never chose perfect and pious people because those people generally don't really love other people. Okay, okay. Fast forward to Acts 2. Those same men, they get hit with the power of the Holy Spirit in the upper room, and then all of a sudden, they do things they'd never done before. Everywhere they went, people knew them near and far as men who had been with Jesus. They became known as men who turned the world upside down. Like, people would literally carry the sick and place them on sleeping pads so that Peter's shadow... The same man who had denied Jesus three times, he would just walk by and at his shadow, people would get healed. Can you imagine that at your shadow, cancers just fall off? When you walk by, infirmity leaves, devils run because they're so terrified of you. That's what happened to these men. And the reason they got healed in Peter's shadow is because Peter spent three years under the shadow of the most high God, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus didn't have to be with them because Jesus was on them. And Peter became the shadow. And I believe that that same power that turned the world upside down in the book of Acts is the same power that can equip us to turn today's world right side up. Nothing is too dark for us, church. And straight out of the upper room, they're in Acts 3, and they encounter a man who had been crippled since birth. And every day he was dragged with all the other crippled people to the gate called Beautiful. And this man would always just beg for a handout. He would always just beg for a charitable gift. And he thought he was gonna get that that day, but that's not what he got. When Peter and John rock up, they said, look at me. 
silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I'm gonna give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. See, these, these disciples were not gonna give him another handout and leave him worse. They were gonna give him the gift of resurrection power that would make him well. See, all this man had to do was put his hand in their hand to participate in his own miracle, to receive the power that could heal him, to receive the power to do what he had never done before, which was to get up and walk. And friends, you know what? I found season after season that my healing was never gonna come from a handout. I had to take responsibility, just like I did in my recent situation and put my hand in the hand of God and the people he sent to speak into my life. I would never have been able to get back up if I had to have done it alone. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have volunteer teams. That's why we have men and women's prayer. And what I thought was crazy about this was when you're reading that same scripture, the very people that witnessed this once beggar become a believer were awestruck. They were the same people that had denied Jesus before Pilate and yelled to crucify him. See, the miracle for this lame man was not as much about the lame man as it was for the people around him. See, we can't think that when someone gets healed, even if it's ourselves, that it's just for us. Our breakthroughs are meant to encourage others to take courage and do the same. These disciples had been with Jesus, observing everything that he, they, that he did, so they were empowered to do the same. Jesus went lengths to interrupt, and he got interrupted quite often just to get people out of their victim. Like when he was called to heal Jairus' daughter under this urgent request that she was already dead. But on the way, Jesus felt that there was a much more urgent request. He thought it was more urgent to heal a woman who was coming out of hiding, who was coming out of her comfortable dysfunction, a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, who had tried everything, went to every doctor, but she was still getting worse. There was an urgency to heal someone who had been a victim for 12 years. And the minute this woman touched Jesus, the power flowed out of him and healed her of a 12-year disorder in a moment. See, Jesus temporarily halted the resurrection of a dead woman because Jesus knew that Jairus' daughter was only sleeping. But the only thing dead in this situation and the number one thing that kills people's destiny is getting stuck as a victim. See, when the power of God comes on us like it did me, like it came on that woman, like it came on that beggar, it, it empowers us not to stay the same. We put our hand in the hand of God and watch his power demonstrate itself in our lives. Power changes hands when we're tired of those same internal glitches, when we're tired of reliving the same story. So we turn the page and we write a new chapter. Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, the kingdom of God does not come by observation the kingdom of God is within you. It's within us. We were created by design to advance the kingdom of God. And I'm really excited about these times because this is our greatest hour. This is our time to be the church that turns the world upside down. 
It's our time to subscribe and act. But it really starts with where we are in our soul health and getting rid of those internal glitches or whatever may be stealing our joy because it keeps us from re- it keeps us replaying what was. But God wants to set us free and heal us so we can step into our power of potential because he sees what can be. So as we come to a close, and I'll ask the musicians to come. I know there's probably some people here tonight who feel like they really want to get rid of the struggle. They're, they're tired of replaying the same story, but they actually don't even know what the source is. To that. They're actually not even connected to the source that can heal them. If I could just ask everyone to close their eyes. You can stand. You can actually stand. I just want to quickly see, is there anyone here that has never asked Jesus into your life? This is your night. This is your moment. You could just slip your hand up. Is there anyone here? Can't really see up the back. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand up the back. I see that hand over there. Jeff has MC1 and he's going to close. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm just going to say, we're just going to say a quick prayer. We'll say it with you. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much tonight that you sent your one and only Son to die for me. Lord Jesus, today, I give you my life. Heaven is my home. God is my Father. And I'm a child of God. Let's rejoice with those people that just... And after, after service, you can come down. We have a response lounge over here where you can get a Bible and you can get a book to kind of help you navigate and we'll help you with the next steps. And I also really want you to also be a part of the ministry time. I really wanted to open up mostly for ministry tonight. Just preach short and minister a little bit longer. But I really want to speak into some of the things that cause us emotional bondage. And uh, 2020 was a, a really traumatic hard year and I don't really wanna brush over that. I want us to actually, if that impacted you in any way tonight really is the night to like bring that forth. And so if you've been stuck in any way in your life, just replaying the same version 1.0, if you've got this internal glitch that you can't get rid of, Tonight, I want you to have the courage just to come to the altar and grab me or one of the ministers. And I want you to physically put your hand in the hand of someone and they're gonna partner with you. Cause it's not a you thing, it's a we thing. We're gonna do this, okay? See, here's some things I wanna pray for tonight. When you come up, if this is you, I want you to let your minister know. I wanna pray into abandonment. Some people have a similar story as mine. You were abandoned by a parent or parents. Maybe they were absent in the home because there was addiction, there was abuse or some kind of mental health disorder. And 
you really got a lot of unnecessary burdens placed on your life at a very young age and you kind of had to grow up quick because you, be, you became the parent. And when they're not really changing and you are, you felt very guilty that you can't really do anything about that. And you've kind of tried to keep that burden, but God wants you to let it go tonight, okay? And you'll know that it's you because you'll tend to be really, really hard on yourself, okay? Maybe it was a divorce. Divorce is not okay. Divorce is painful. Or maybe even if you're in a healthy relationship now, maybe there are wounds from a previous relationship that you actually haven't dealt with. Maybe it was the death of a loved one. Unexpectedly or expectedly, maybe there was a miscarriage, something where there was a death. That can, that can come as a form of abandonment in your life. You can feel abandoned by that person. I want you to come forward. Maybe some things that happened in your life that weren't your fault and you've, you've taken the, the burden on. Um, just any situation. I want you to come forward about that. Maybe some things happened even because of COVID and things you couldn't control. I want you to come forward and you feel like God even abandoned you in that situation. Maybe there's betrayal, betrayal from a, a loved one and you find yourself saying these words, I will never trust blank. Number one, we need to break those word curses off. Number two, you just need to come put your hand in the hand of someone that can help you forgive that betrayer. Maybe there's some sin in your past. Maybe there's some addictions. Maybe there's some sexual sin. Maybe you've been involved with pornography or been involved in uh, now or in the past. Maybe you have had an abortion. You can come forward tonight and you can just lay your Lay that burden down. You don't have to carry that anymore. You don't have to carry that grief. You don't even have to carry that loss. And maybe there's a traumatic experience that either you, it happened to you or you've witnessed, you've been a part of. I want you to come forward tonight. So I'm gonna pray corporately over us and take authority over some things. And then I'm gonna hand it back over to, to Jeff. And then we're gonna just open these altars up and just... Come get your soul healed, okay? So if everyone would just open up your palms. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every power trying to steal, kill, and destroy your people's joy and suppress their strength. I uproot you at the point of your conception. Your time is up and I command you to pack your load. We are not up for negotiation. I command every voice speaking lies and condemnation to be silenced in the name of Jesus. And I lose joy and I lose strength and I lose hope and I lose the same resurrection power that healed me onto your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.